0: Who are organizations going to look to to accelerate their exit from the pandemic, to thrive and not just survive, it will be the transformational CIO.
1: In this episode, Meredith Condor, Executive Director for Executive Education, sits down with Lori Kendall, Senior Lecturer at The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business, to discuss a new executive education program offering, the Graduate Certificate in IT Business Strategy. Learn how this unique and timely program is designed to shape IT leaders into transformational strategists who will lead their organizations into the future. Well, welcome
2: Lori. We're excited to have you as a guest. I'm Meredith Condra, the Executive Director of Fisher's Executive Education Program, and today we're going to talk about um, the Graduate Certificate of IT Business Strategy, which is the program that you are the official academic director for. Before we get into the details of the program, I wanted to talk a little bit about you. Um, So you have been a serial entrepreneur, a um, strategy consultant. You have your MBA, your PhD, you're a Fisher College of Business faculty member, and now the academic director of this certificate program. Yes. What's your career story? (laughs) All over the map. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like it.
0: I spent the first 20 years of my career uh, being strictly a technologist. So I started off, uh, when I was going to college, um, I became, I started as a programmer when I was a teenager. Hmm. Uh, So I started at about age 12, it was one of the few kids in my class in my high school that was interested in this thing called computers. So um, I'd like to say that I was a hacker for a long time before it was cool to be a hacker. Right. And I used uh, computers to uh, put myself through school. Uh, I became a a systems programmer, uh, became uh, a software developer, uh, worked in various facets of high tech, mostly in telecommunications, networking, a sojourn into enterprise applications the all the business-to-business IT space Uh, I did uh, reliability engineering uh, built very large networks uh, was on the vanguard of offering the first cloud-based application for the call center space that truly was a cloud-based software as a service And that was Transera Communications where I was the co-founder. At some point, I realized that I was no longer interested in just technology as a technologist. I started being really fascinated with how do we build technology that's purpose-built for the needs of human beings. And once I did that, I was contaminated and could no longer be an engineer because I could no longer be trusted to write code. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to the dark side, I went to product management, stayed in a technology role, but from an enablement point of view of defining the requirements for delivering products for Fortune 500 uh, clients and did that for a number of companies. Started a few of my own companies, worked in larger firms, and at some point I hit the wall. I hit the wall because answering business need purely from a technology perspective, that's fine if we're talking about developing and delivering products. But when we talk about building great companies, I realized that I sucked at soft skills just sucked at it. Didn't understand I had an engineering mindset for how you reward people. And frankly, that was really flawed. Hmm. And that's actually what got me back to school. Because when the company that I built ran into really hard times, and we built a toxic culture, and I couldn't innovate using technology our way out of that, I had to look in the mirror, and say, I think I need to understand this human dimension better. And that propelled me for school, and that propelled me ultimately to get my PhD, uh, which is where I focused on how technology leaders innovate with human connection. So I not only went to the dark side for product management, I went to the triple dark side (laughs) by starting to care that at the end of the day in all of this, our ability
2: to get anything done depends on our ability to influence each other. So there you go. That is a complete story. Um, what impresses me is that you have uh, been in all kinds of different areas in technology, from the applications to the cloud, yep. and then product management, and now, and then you went back and got your MBA, mm-hmm. and then your to your PhD to understand the human interface with technology. Yep. Makes perfect sense. I understand why you would be the perfect academic director for a program like this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least could identify the need. Yes, yes. Because I'm not I'm not unusual. Well, I might be completely unusual. I think you're quite unusual. But, frankly, IT folks are fundamentally my people. And when I watch IT people being shut out of business strategy decisions, that just bucks the crap out of me. The only way a business strategy is going to work, it's going to fly, is if you can back it up and deliver it with the innovation imperative. And what do I mean by that? So if we go back and look at the 90s, which I realize that for most of our listeners was a time of when they were very young, right? <laughs> and now I feel very old, <laughs> if we go back and look at technology in the, in the 90s, look at the great companies that were just cratered and left for dead wood on the side of the road as the internet came along and upended fabulous technology companies, but also Fortune 500 companies. Because the ability of a financial services firm to embrace the internet in 1997, 1998, 1999, meant that when we had our first great recession and our meltdown, The sustainable value, the companies that made it, the banking firms that made it, were those that could pivot to use the internet to fundamentally disrupt the way they did business. And who better to understand that problem in 1995 than the folks responsible for technology and technology assets? Mm -hmm. But let's remember in the 1990s we had another problem. In the mid-1990s we had the great flattening and we had institutions all across America where accountants leveraged buyout people. Just getting over the hangover from 1987, the champions and the hammers of the world, wreaking havoc on organizational structure, flattening it, looking for ways to take costs out of the equation to make companies more profitable, to be more successful in terms of EBITDA, earnings per share, IT started getting starved. Hmm. And IT, who's always been embedded in most organizations, under the operational efficiency side of the house, the COO or the chief financial officer side of the house found that they were getting completely squeezed out. So the emphasis was on keeping the lights on. And oh, by the way, can you transform the business the way that you deliver the services to the organization along the way? What if we had had somebody that could say in 19, 97. Do you know what? Let's be first to market in how we offer services to our banking customers with technology. We're going to spend more money but when times are not quite as rich and everybody is tightening their belts the companies that have only been tightening their belts are going to be left of the walking dead and we will live to fight another day mm-hmm. that's precisely why it leaders need a seat at the table and that's the entire basis of why this program
2: how did this how did this program um, get its birth it came out of an idea i mean you're an innovator so it doesn't surprise me that you are thinking of new ways to um, educate IT leaders or anyone, but can you tell us a little bit more about how this, how this particular program got its birth?
0: With all due respect, <clears throat> you're very complimentary. In this particular case, I'm actually a fast follower.
2: Mm.
0: Because John Shrefsky and one of your colleagues in executive education Both came to me and said, you know, the pandemic is creating this acceleration in the IT leaders ability to respond after keeping the lights on and surviving the pandemic. What are we gonna do to gain escape velocity and lead our organizations the way that technology can uniquely disrupt the strategy of the organization itself. I give full credit for the genesis of this program to the two gentlemen who brought me into it.
2: We we interviewed John Herschowski during our last podcast, and so our audience got a chance to hear from him what inspired him to bring it to Ohio State, but Obviously, he found a a sole collaborator.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) What John said to me that was such a clarion call is that there are CIOs who I think have the chops, who invested in an MBA, who had a technical undergraduate degree that represented a perfect package, right place, right time and they're disrupting their organizations today and doing so as transformational leaders. And they are the next generation of CEO. And there's no doubt about that. But there's still too much of an outlier. That was John's point. John's point was, if we look at the Gartner research, and the Gartner research and CIO research that have been published now for the last decade that have said, when you can't cut your way to being best in class anymore, when you can't just do operational efficiencies anymore, when you have to fundamentally innovate and disrupt your business, who are you gonna call? And your natural candidate is going to be the transformational CIO. So how do we get more candidates into that pipeline? That's the question we have to answer. (laughs) And that's where I think this program fits a niche. To accelerate those that find themselves that are completely up to their eyebrows in the swamp, (laughs) who maybe don't have time, to take the two years off for an MBA, full-time MBA right now, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or the three to four years of a working professional MBA, but are high-potential technical leaders that if they got some core assets as a laser focus so that they can contribute now to the transformation of their organization. Then can we provide a a program, a certificate program, that's a bridge that will support them in any future educational goals they might have as they continue on that lifelong educational journey? Heck, I'm a product of that. Mm -hmm. If I think about my own career trajectory, my learning got started at age 40. (laughs) That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. But in the meantime, if I'm 35 years old, what are things that I can grab now Mm -hmm. and I can put to work and get me to that next rung and be seen as that transformational leader and become part of that pipeline to become viewed as a successor, a plan to become that transformational CIO. Mm -hmm. That's where I think this program fits. And that was what John originally said. Can't we offer something like that? Mm -hmm. We don't have time. We're coming out of COVID. Now's the time to strike. Now's the time to purpose build a very tailored, very specific set of core programs with no fluff that are just in time exactly what I need as a strategist to shape the IT and business strategy of my organization.
2: So that's what I hope we're going to deliver. And that makes so much sense. I I was speaking with an IT leader today who said, He doesn't need something that will prepare him for the future. He needs something that prepares him for the present, because during COVID, the transformation and the disruption happened in exponential speed, far faster than it had been transforming prior to the pandemic. And so he's playing catch up. So he, you know, the last two years, his whole team is exhausted. He's exhausted. They've had to work, you know, 24-7. They have to be in person to support other people. They're mentally fatigued. He needs a way to lead them through the next phase, and he needs that now because if he waits, they're all going to leave. So he was really excited about this program because it was something that could help him now in the present The future, if he wants to take these credentials and maybe apply them to an MBA, that's just gravy. But he was looking for that support now that could help him with the real life challenges he has, to be in a cohort of other IT leaders who are experiencing the exact same thing, um, to get that support and learn together so that he can support his organization's strategy. Not only support it, but in many ways lead it Because I think, you know, because of the pandemic, his peers are looking to him to lead it because he was such a leader in the last couple of years.
0: You know, I could not agree with you more. It's one of the gifts, I think, in executive education to take us faculty people out of our ivory towers, to make sure that we design programs that have both relevance and rigor that are just-in-time programs that fit the needs of now. Not the needs of two years, three years, four years, but now. Think about one of the other programs that you have in your umbrella for a particular client that we have, a world-class management consulting firm, and an IT consulting firm. Think about what they're doing with their very targeted leadership certificate program that's done as a bite-sized program in a matter of weeks that provides that just-in-time capability to arm that manager, senior manager, new director on the soft skills as well as some bite-sized courses on strategy and innovation so that they know how to respond to an RFP. Mm -hmm. So they know how to build an SOW that is where the puck is going for the client that they're trying to serve, not where the puck in hockey terms was a year ago, to quote the great Wayne Gretzky. And in fact, there's an article that I use in my four-hour innovation module that is, I swear, could have been lifted from the words that you just said. (laughs) Because this article is, this HBR article, it it came out March of last year. And it said, are you running in place? Or are you disrupting what's going to happen next? And who's going to emerge from the pandemic stronger? Are those that are going to where, as Wayne Gretzky would put it, where the puck is going? And not where you were when we all got the news in March of 2020.
2: Or 2019, was it? It was 2020. Oh, I guess you're right.
0: Yeah. Well, the news came out originally out of Wuhan, China. Right. In December of, of 2019. 2019. Right. Exactly. It just feels like it
2: was 100 years long.
0: I, given the fact that I had just started at Fisher, feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to say one more thing about that to make this concrete because if I know anything about about my people we IT people like some concrete examples so let's look at Philips Philips technology company right out of the Netherlands global company we might think about Philips having been uh, a lighting company we might think of them being an equipment company. We might think of them as being kind of like General Electric, a conglomerate, right? But they were using strategy and technology and IT assets to look at what their core capabilities could be. And they were shifting themselves to being a healthcare healthcare services company right in that sweet spot of IT services, right? And so COVID hit, and what did they do? They quickly designed using existing technology assets, the ability to do monitoring of intubated patients using software they could develop and deploy as a cloud-based application that still passed all of the HIPAA concerns, all of the privacy concerns, but would allow personnel, the nurses, the doctors, the respiratory therapists on the front line of the pandemic, to monitor the status of 10, 20, 30, 40 COVID patients from a distance. IT did that. Mm -hmm. Let's make no mistake. Mm -hmm. Great example. And as a result of that, not only did they develop and deploy those assets in record time, they opened it up and made it as a free service to the entire Netherlands healthcare community to pool information about infectivity, about what drugs were working, about how patients were responding to different therapies it did that that's what it can do in the driver's seat of strategy
2: impressive
0: and that was the example are you standing in place or are you leading Mm -hmm. and that's what i think it can do
2: well i bet people are excited about learning more about the program. So let's talk about the features of this program. Um, Who are we targeting?
0: Well, give me your IT leaders that are hungry. Give me those that have been at some point as I was in my career, they've been managing things for a while. They've been managing tasks. They've been managing bits. They've been managing build teams, run teams, DevOps. They've been keeping the lights on, literally or figuratively. And they're saying, I want that next rung in the ladder. I want to go from being a director to an ADP, or I'm a newly minted director, and all of a sudden, I've got to use all these fancy soft skills for the first time. And where are those and where can I buy them? Mm-hmm. And can I put an RFP out for that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all teasing aside. Right. So, seven years plus of experience, looking for that next rung, and maybe not at a point in their career where that two year trade off for a full time MBA or a working professional MBA is in the cards right now. Maybe they want 13 units of an experience that gives them such a strong flavor of what this type of a graduate education, but instead of a general management type of course that they're gonna get from an MBA, which is incredibly valuable, how about a one year program that's targeted towards their role and what the rung of the ladder that they're reaching up for. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on that. Mm-hmm. Or let's focus on people that may have been at that rung and are looking for and saying, you know, at this stage of my life, I'm not sure going back for an MBA is something that I want to do at this stage of my career. Because, frankly, I've got a lot of the fides. I've got the track record. I'm established. But I'm kind of hungry for things that I might have missed out on earlier in my career had I gotten an MBA when I was younger. And I wouldn't mind a one-year program that just rounds out the things that I think I know that allows me to then turn around and say, this is what I do know. Okay. who are looking for something that has a little bit of that imprint or of that says, I have a certificate, I am certified in this
2: space. Right. I also think of maybe the person who is uh, seasoned in her professional, I mean in her profession, who may eventually want to become a consultant and who may want to add a little bit more credibility to her opportunity or her uh, strengths in being a business strategist. That may help her sell her, you know, services in the future. So a a more seasoned professional who may not have an MBA but is looking for that next phase in her career or his career um, that would like an extra credential that is not painful to get. Sure. Or We had a great example of an IT
0: professional, of somebody that you talked to several weeks ago, who got their MBA a long time ago, and their concentration was in finance. And what I will argue is, you know what? In the accounting and finance part of our course, some of it may be a refresher, some of it may be things that we now think about that we didn't think about in that finance class 10 or 15 years ago. But again, targeted towards the business of being an IT and business strategist. Right. And so what's important for us, because this first cohort it will always be my favorite cohort, because it's our first one. And if you want to consider that six units of this 13-unit program can be applied to the Working Professional MBA program. We're looking for a participant who has demonstrated academic success in prior schooling, whether that's an undergraduate bachelor degree or whether that's a graduate degree that they completed a long time ago and they're retargeting, refocusing in a different area for their career. So, with that in mind, this is a ten, about a 10-month program. It's two semesters, fall, which is 16 weeks, spring, which is 16 weeks, so you're about 32 weeks in, plus a short summer session, that is what we call the finishing session, the professional development workshop, That's done alongside of preparing and finalizing your defense of your year-long capstone project, where you actually demonstrate beyond a letter grade, you demonstrate the capability of creating a disruptive business strategy that's within the capability to deliver as an IT
2: capability. And you defend that to the organization sponsoring you yes and you'll have a coach throughout the whole year to support your development of that project yes. and then how to present that project and implement that project yes that's unique um, not all MBAs have a coach that follows them through every stage of their degree well MBA again I look I'm a, I'm a proud recipient of an
0: MBA mm-hmm. I am proud of going through a working professional MBA program myself, it is by definition a general management program with concentrations in certain areas. But this is uh, meant to be tailor-made and the culmination of it, for it to be a certified program, similar to the way you get a, uh, a business and operational excellence certification Got to defend it. Got to defend what you learned. That's right. And you're going to do that in an oral and written defense, which is your capstone project, to be able to adequately, to the satisfaction of your working sponsor from the organization that sponsors you for this program, to say, you've earned that seat at the table. And you've earned, more importantly, the voice at the table because you've shown your stuff.
2: Right. And what are the classes that are gonna be taught during this program? So
0: they're really careful to make sure that there's not a lot of fluff in this. And I do have some very precious babies that I really wanted to include, but they're on the floor because we wanted to cap this at a certain number of credit hours to fit it within sanely in the envelope of what a working professional can reasonably accomplish. Been there, done that, get it. Don't go all crazy on me. So there are two core technology courses. One is a course that is aimed towards where is the puck going in technology in, in business. Not where it's been where it's going. This is where we're gonna tackle AI, machine learning. We're gonna tackle blockchains. We're gonna tackle where we go next with social media. We're gonna tackle what happens to our ability to control data when it's uh, in large pools and it's big data and we have the Facebook problem that we no longer know who has
2: access to this stuff anymore. Mm We're going to call that IT Fundamentals. <laughs> that's not exactly what I had in mind when I think of IT Fundamentals, but that's IT Fundamentals of the past versus IT Fundamentals of, of the, the future. future. Right. Correctamundo. That makes sense. Uh-huh. And then we're going to combine
0: that with the innovation class. That's the... There's two strategy classes. There's a strategy class that deals with core business strategy concepts. How they've been taught over the years, how they've changed over the years. Of course, I owe a certain amount of allegiance uh, in terms of uh, uh, Rogers and Clay Christensen, in terms of the innovator's dilemma and the way that we disrupt. But we're gonna teach core strategy and we'll certainly be taking a page from Hank Chesborough and open innovation, open innovation playbooks, and ecosystems, and competition, and partners, and then we're going to launch into what are you going to do in your company? And that's the other part of the IT question. How are you going to take what you'll learn in the IT fundamentals of what's coming, look at the gaps in your company to come up with a proposal, of where do you want to go? And what will that mean for the strategy of your company moving forward? We're going to couple that with some finance. We're going to couple that with data analysis. We're going to couple that with critical thinking in terms of how do we how do we deal with the data coming at us and turn it into information? how do we visualize? How do we sell the visualization of information? And turn it from data into information that we can use to persuade, that we can use to critically examine, that we can use to inform. Because we have a data glut, we have a starvation of the ability to act on information. And there's a lot of analysis paralysis right now in most of the firms that I consult with because of that drink from the fire hydrant problem. And IT having enormous challenges, trying to keep up, and frankly, should no longer be in the business of being the business report writers. How do you arm your citizen scientists in your organization To be able to visualize what this information means, these are some of the ideas that we want to get at. And then couple that with accounting for decision-making, and couple that with a tailor-made leadership approach to where you take our very well-known I'm very proud of this thing called the BUILD Assessment that was developed by the Fisher Leadership Initiative under the sponsorship and direction of Dr. Timothy Judge, one of the world's most influential leadership scholars. All people coming into this program get a BUILD 360 assessment, which looks at their capacity to lead their capacity to be stewards, their soft skills, their ability to operationally execute, their ability to manage. We use that in the coaching, the one-on-ones we do with individuals over their year journey with us. And have them retake the build assessment when they're done so that they understand what their growth has been and what they want to work on And we couple all of that with a professional development course at the very end, which is the art of persuasion, which is the art of storytelling, the art of delivering a signature Ted talk, but not just any old Ted talk, the Ted talk of your capstone, the Ted talk of your ability to sell the strategy that you have landed on, that will change the way your organization does
2: business. So that's that's the program in a nutshell. It sounds very practical, and um, I want to tell our audience why this is important to come out of Ohio State. How does Ohio State um, know how to do this?
0: Great um, question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, many people don't think of us of the MIT of the Midwest. But I think to answer that question, or to start answering that question, is that because we have 54 Fortune 1000 companies in this area that we are listening to and collaborating with, who are, including Intel, who is moving here, we are, we are learning alongside all the other technologists and um, going to be bringing to them some of the most innovative practices that some of our local partners are doing. Yeah. well, can we
0: just pause for a moment and look at what President Johnson's doing
2: here at Ohio State?
0: Absolutely, yes. right. Mm-hmm. The President of Ohio State has made it really clear who is Ohio State? What are we're like the best kept secret in innovation. Engineering know-how, medical technology, right? fintech, insured tech, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. We have people right now, professors and students, that are designing how to build I-beams in space, using materials created in space. From space junk. Wow. When I think of Ohio State, what I see is I see that we're down the street from Drive Capital. We're down the street from Rev 1. We're down the street from two of the biggest launch pads for entrepreneurship in the state of Ohio. When I look at Ohio State, what i see is such a diversity of talents and skills in stem diversity of talent and skills in agriculture aerospace mechanical engineering mathematics physics animal husbandry genetics the launch of a STEM MBA here in Fisher College of Business, the launch of our FinTech and InsurTech initiatives, our world-class finance, accounting, operations, leadership, strategy, innovation. So ask the question, why not?
2: Well put, very well put. Well, I appreciate your time, Dr. Kendall. You've been a very passionate guest and a very qualified academic director of our upcoming Graduate Certificate of IT Business Strategy. For anyone listening who's interested in applying, the application is live. You just go to our website and at the bottom of the page you will see a tab that talks about how to apply. Click on that. The application requires a copy of your college transcript as well as an updated resume, three short answer essays, two references, and a sponsor letter from your employer. It shouldn't take a long time. It doesn't require a GMAT or a GRE. If you have any questions, we'd be very happy to answer those. Please reach out to us. And again, thank you for your time, Dr. Kendall.
0: My pleasure. I am excited about this, and I can't wait to see what our first cohort's going to look like. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) Thanks again. You bet. Thank you.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. For more episodes or information about executive education program offerings, please visit fisher.osu.edu. For more information regarding the Graduate Certificate in IT Business Strategy, please visit go.osu.edu backslash GCITBS.